0: hey it's party time mom welcome to another episode of the chad prather show we're here in the mothership which is studio 22 the puppet master mark driving us into the weekend at the helm mark do you have big plans do you miss going to the hockey games
1: yeah i do miss it and uh it's very different now i've been watching some of it um of the playoffs and just not having fans there just really like changes everything i
0: feel like it's so last night, I was watching hockey. I was having dinner. I was sitting at, sitting at a bar, in a sports bar. I was sitting there. I was having dinner, and I was watching hockey, basketball, and baseball all at the same time. And I'm watching the virtual fans in the deal, in oh, yeah. right? That, that's just weird to me. Yeah, uh, hockey's, I think, the only big sport right now that, that's not doing that. And I actually kind of like it because, I don't know, it just, yeah. it's just kind of weird. Well, the, the, the thing with basketball is it's creepy, you're watching all these real creepy-looking people. And I'm like, why can't you just put images of normal people up there? I know that they have the motion and the movement, and that sort of helps them. But they're not, not even real-looking people. They're mm. proportionally sized off and stuff. I don't, I, it's just some New World Order stuff that's going some on, weird guys. weird stuff. I don't like it. Candace, what would you think about our episode with uh, Alex Jones?
1: I really liked it. Yeah. I was really excited for that, and... You know, who knows what's next? I
0: think we kind of exposed the humanity of Alex Jones.
1: It was a very surprising interview. Yeah. I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, because people were like, did you get him to go crazy? Did you get him to go nuts? I was like, no, I really wasn't after that.
1: He was pretty like down to earth, which just, you know, 2020 is full of surprises.
0: And I texted you the other night. I want to do another Epstein special because there was something that he triggered in my thinking that just kind of took me down the rabbit hole while I was thinking about some things last night. And I want to go back and revisit because I've always said there's a connection between this coronavirus stuff and Jeffrey Epstein. And he said something that triggered in me. And I was like, ah, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. So I think there's another expose. Jeffrey Epstein, the gift that keeps on giving.
1: The research has already begun. Yeah. Yep.
0: Good. Sarah Gonzalez is over in the pub. She's hanging out with our buddy, Reagan Reed. And uh, welcome to the show, Reagan. Thanks for hanging out with us. I, I know that you're just excited to be over there talking. And Sarah, that is a lovely shirt you're wearing. Thank
1: you. I appreciate it. It's kind of my favorite shirt right now. Now, is that the guy that had the standoff with SWAT? Uh, I believe so. He d- looks nothing like him, though, if you look up his mugshot. It's no, weird. Uh-uh. it's really weird.
0: Let me tell you, if I'd have had the standoff with SWAT, I fought the law, <laughs> and the law won. I didn't shoot the sheriff. That's right. Or maybe I did shoot the sheriff, but it wasn't the deputy. I'll <laughs> put it go. that way. And our buddy Christian Collins hanging out over here in the hot seat. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming in. Texas Youth Summit. We're going to have some fun today
2: whether you want to or not. <laughs> Christian. Well, Chad, thank you so much for having me on and really appreciate all you do around the state. <laughs> thank you, buddy. We're going to have fun. We're going uh, to talk about you. We're going to talk about what you got
0: coming up and some of the things that you've done. And I like to, I like to bring guys like you on. And you and I got, have gotten to know each other recently, had a fantastic lunch. We'll talk about that. Um, but there's so many unsung people out there who maybe don't get the recognition that I think they should, who are behind the scenes, who make conservatism happen yeah. in the state of Texas. You're one of those guys. And I think that you're also one of those guys who will help can help people get involved who want to get involved that just don't know how. Yeah, So you got some big things coming up. We're going to talk about all of it as we get into this episode. So – before we go to break and before we get down into the deep stuff, I want to remind everybody, pack is the premier monthly subscription box for military tactical and prepper and Second Amendment enthusiasts. For only $49.95 a month, you're going to get at least 100 bucks worth of gear, sometimes up to $150 or $200 worth of stuff from different companies like 511, Sons of Liberty, Gunworks, Mission First uh, Tactical, Armaspec, and a whole, whole lot more. They're going to send out AR-15 parts and accessories, EDC tools, knives, and gear to keep you prepared for winter. When the poo hits the fan and it's smearing all over the wall right now, hey! This September pack is full of AR gear and a self-defense piece from CKRT that could really come in handy during these wild, crazy times. The past three months have been sold out early, so get signed up for the September pack. You don't want to have to wait all the way till October to get your first pack. Get it right now. Do it ASAP. Use the promo code Chad at checkout to receive a free extra bag of tactical goodies shipped out with your first pack. So don't wait. These things are flying off the shelves. Go to tacpack.com. That's T-A-C-P-A-C-C-C-O-T-C-O-T-C-O-M. Sign up and use offer code CHAD. We will be right back. <music> Christian,
2: you wrote a good book, man. Oh, thanks so much for plugging that. Yeah. I really appreciate that.
0: The, I, I, I finished, it's Second Wind, right? Yes. And I, I read I read the deal. I'm horrible with book titles, right? I read the books and my wife will say, what are you reading? And I'm like, hey, if it's digital, like I can't remember the title because it won't be up at the top. You know, I can't just close the deal if I'm reading it on an iPad. But I read yours, actual paper book i read so good stuff on that thank you so much
2: yeah Yeah, second wind is a metaphor for a runner's high and i've done some long distance running and i know that when you get a point a breaking point where you just get really tired you want to keep going so this is a faith-based book and it's not just for runners it's for anybody that needs a second chance and sometimes we have things in life that cause us to lose faith and maybe through no fault of our own sometimes. And so I was, I've been right there. And that's why I think the book appealed to me so much because people who
0: know my story know that there were, there's been times in my life where I kind of crawled into that proverbial cave and and just felt like dying. Yeah. You know, kind of like King David did where he's like, nobody, I got no friends. Yeah. You know, I ain't got nobody that loves me. So I'm just going to crawl in here and die. Right. And you find out that God kind of has a bigger plan for you and he
2: snatches you out of there and spanks you on the butt a little bit. Yeah. That's, and set you up well and god's obviously used you i mean look what he's doing through you so um and i can say that in my life that there's sometimes there's been setbacks that were unfortunate but when you keep going yeah. you can run stronger than you've ever run before and so this is a 365 day devotional yeah. um just little stories philosophies yeah. i break it down in bite size a little bit every day and just yeah. give people a little shot in the arm to keep going yeah, see, I'm one of
0: those guys like uh, Oswald Chambers, utmost for his highest. I just read it all <laughs> instead of doing one a day. Yeah. I just kept reading it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Devotional books and stuff like that are that you're supposed to do every day, or I'm horrible on that. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and get a full year of inspiration right now. <laughs> so that's, that's sort of the way I approached your book as well. I love it, though, man. I was just talking to somebody last night and I think I'm going to give them a copy of your book because, um, I I'm not going to give them that copy because you signed that one for me. I but they were just talking about. It. They said I'm almost you know I'm I'm almost 40, and I know my potential. I know I've got it, but I just don't have anything to give. I like I don't feel like my life is amounting to anything. Yeah, right. And it's one of those things they just kind of really felt hopeless and helpless on that deal. I'm like, no, nah, you you got. There's-
2: and there's a lot of people that yeah. are at that place, right. but maybe sometimes God isn't going to change our circumstances uh, necessarily, but what he's going to do is to give us new strength and to change our paradigm, open up the eyes of our heart to be able to see things in a different way. And when he can do that through our lives, then we can, approach our situations our circumstances with new energy and we're excited about what we're doing and we can really start to make a difference there's always some way that we can help people serve others and make a difference and make the world a better place and uh, that's what i hope to inspire people to do yeah and you're doing it yourself so texas
0: youth summit you got a huge event that's coming up you've done a lot of different things you've worked on several different campaigns Yeah. yeah big name campaigns uh for the state of texas and and on the
2: national level. Who's some of the folks that you've worked with? Sure. Thanks for asking. Um, I've worked with uh, Governor Greg Abbott, started out as a field director yeah. uh, right out of grad school, then worked for Senator Cruz's presidential campaign and traveled the country with Rafael Cruz, uh, Ted Cruz's father. And um, he's a mentor of mine and got to spend hundreds of hours with them in the car and on plane rides. And yeah. man, that man can run. He's, he was 77 at the time, just had so much energy. And I, I loved working with him. Afterward, I went to work as Congressman Kevin Brady's campaign manager, mm-hmm. and uh, now currently still advise him, and also get to advise Congressman Dan Crenshaw uh, there in CD2 there in Houston. So yeah. great, great men. And I love getting to uh, just do what I can to, in a small part, make a difference yeah. uh, in those arenas. And you know what?
0: As a young person, as a young man, and I don't say that condescendingly, I say that uh, admiringly because. You jumped right into it, like you said, as a you you know, with the gubernatorial campaign, working with Greg Abbott, I mean right out of grad school, and you haven't slowed down or looked back. And as such, you've had a platform that you've built to influence this next generation, this young generation that's coming along tell me about that and I want to know do you feel hopeful about the next generation because I think they catch a lot of garbage I think they catch a lot of crap
2: yeah and and I really enjoy getting to work with the youth and one thing I would always tell them is that we can learn a lot by serving under someone else's vision you yeah. know and I got to serve Rafael Cruz I've got to serve Kevin Brady and I've done everything I can to just serve people with honor and be loyal and and do what I can to live that out yeah. um, and then when you are faithful with little you get to be doing a lot more things uh, oftentimes. And in my case, um, I started Texas Youth Summit. I've been a college teacher uh, teaching at a local community college and uh, for six years now. Um, that's one of the things I've done to supplement my income. It's so much fun. And I love working with young people. I started a college ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a while, I really wondered if I was wanting to be a pastor because my dad was a pastor. I mm-hmm. uh, recently watched the movie Amazing Grace, and uh, William Wilberforce, and recognized that, we can do ministry wherever we go. We don't right. have to just do ministry in, you know, vocational type of setting. We can do ministry in politics. We and and it's not the same way. It's not, you know, you're not talking in religious platitudes all the time. Yeah. Um, but you're you're doing what you can to be salt and light, to make a difference. And so um, working with youth is so much fun for me because they teach me so much. Uh, they're in a stage where they're the most impressionable in their entire lives. And they really need to learn the right thing so that they can go in the right direction. So I've gotten to speak at high schools and different colleges and universities and church groups and homeschool groups. and yeah. And what I've learned is that They want to make a difference. They want to get involved in the political process. And so I started Texas Youth Summit to give them a platform and an opportunity to interact with people like yourself. You're Mm -hmm. going to be speaking there September 19th. We got Candace Owens, Charlie Kirk, Mm -hmm. and uh, Allie Beth Stuckey. She's with the Blaze, of course. And Um, deplorable choir, our friend CJ, uh, Congressman Dan Crenshaw is going to be there. So it can really make a difference for these young people to interact with some of these very talented, special people Mm -hmm. um, that can change the trajectory of their lives yeah and they impart something on them it's not just them getting to take a picture with them but maybe just a two-minute one-minute conversation with one of these special people can really change their lives and and that's what i hope to do um, this is a hub and we want to connect them with great groups where they can go out and join and make a difference and uh, be political activist i want to encourage them that they can get involved by even running for office mm-hmm. i mean Abraham Lincoln was 22 years old when he first ran for office. Yeah. A lot of the framers of the Constitution, James Madison and others, um, they were very young. And, and many of the signers were under the age of 35. So my message to young people is that, look, you can make a difference. You can really make a difference. And don't doubt yourself. Yeah. See, now, if Party foul Steve were here, Sarah, this would be the
0: point in the show where he would feel like an underachiever. Yes, <laughs> because he's yes. turning fifty in a week, and he knows that he's never done really anything right in his life. <laughs>
1: you know, I'm sorry that I can't fill his his <laughs> role more honorably. No, you thankfully
2: he's on the Chad Brader show. That's pretty. <laughs> that's a pretty big deal. He's
0: like, well, I am in 21 million homes every night. I mean, yeah, you know, I people th- do subscribe to the Blaze for me and Glenn Beck. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he was. That's like. a pretty big deal. So, dude, I don't think that there's. You know, my thing. You and I. Just to give the listeners and the viewers a backstory. So you and I got to know each other. CJ Ingolstadt connected us. Yeah. Uh, we met down in, uh, was it Conroe? Conroe, Texas. Down in Conroe, Texas at Joe's Italian yep. restaurant. Fantastic.
2: Joe he is the That the owner, dude, man.
0: Salt of the earth. Yeah. Great story, right? Oh, yeah. Great business guy. A guy who has supported first responders. Um, just just been there for people i mean taking care of people through this pandemic stuff uh and we were sitting there and what they brought out like a salad we were like okay we're gonna have a salad yeah and they, then they brought out appetizers we're like okay well we're gonna have an appetite then he brings out this tray like this <laughs> like literally 36 inches around with every food imaginable and then he's I mean, I don't even remember the order of all of this stuff that was coming out. And then there's pasta dishes and then there's desserts and and I'm and we're wine over there and and wine. And, and I mean, we're man. just hanging out and getting just engorging ourselves <laughs> on this incredible food, talking about the future and talking about Texas politics and talking about this generation. And I've always said you know, my heart has always been the nations and the generations, yeah. right? And I think you and I found some common ground in that because I spent a lot of my life in foreign countries and third world countries working with young people there. Uh, I've spent a lot of time, I've spent a lot of time uh, working with young adults as well as teenagers. And my thing has always been, you know, we're one generation away from some really negative stuff if we don't continue to impact this generation, right? Um, you know, I think it was Ronald Reagan who said, "What conservatism is? What generation away from uh, extinction? Yeah, and and so is Christianity. So is I mean, you list off the thing that matters to you. You're a generation away from extinction. we are,
2: we have to fight to preserve liberty because it's not passed yeah. down in the bloodline. We're we have to fight for it because it's only one generation away yeah. from extinction. Is what Ronald Reagan said. That's right. So and, true.
0: And you see, these days that we have so many people, particularly in the academic world. Starting to embrace these ideas of socialism. Yeah, um, do you do you see that in some of this coronavirus rhetoric that's around? You know, like uh, as a community, we can do this together and all that. Like, I I just hear socialism in a lot of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, together we can conquer all of this stuff. It really is starting to steal our individuality. Do you think the young young generation is kind of buying into that in some ways or? What's your take on that?
2: Yeah, good question. I think young people want to resist coercion. They do not like coercion. So um, there are lots of young people that I think are very skeptical of of any government entity that would want to shut down churches or shut down restaurants and bars. And um, they're very skeptical and rightfully so. Um, And there are some people that are just scared and they don't know what's going on and and they're sincere in being scared because they this is unprecedented we're going through a, a pandemic of Uh, unlike any other that we've ever seen in our generation. Mm -hmm. So there's never been a shutdown. Maybe there have been worse situations that have gone on. I I don't know if the swine flu was considered worse than this or not, but um, there were never any shutdowns. So I think a lot of people are very scared, um, but there's also a a lot of them that, um, like I was saying, that are very skeptical. Mm -hmm. And so I think we need to be able to connect with them on the issues. Um, And if you look at what's going on in this country right now with the 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 burning down of of cities the the tearing down of statues the attacking the police officers mm-hmm. the destroying of the businesses uh, many of these people that are doing that are youth yeah and they're very misguided people and they've been taught very leftist ideology from entities like the new york times mm-hmm. and uh a lot of these education institutions and i differentiate between a liberal and a leftist. I think those are two different things because there are a lot of good liberal people and we may disagree, I'm a conservative, you're a conservative, about how to make the country better. Right. But these leftists hate America Mm -hmm. and they think America is a mistake and that we have to cut America down to size. It can't be the superpower in the world and it's imperialistic and all of the founding fathers, they say, were slave owners. So therefore, everything that they did was terrible. Yeah. And I think that's really problematic because if they're attacking the Founding Fathers so much, it's only a matter of time until they start to attack the document, the Mm. Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, all of the documents that these Founding Fathers forged. And so there's a lot at stake. Young people are listening to Bernie Sanders and AOC and Iman Omar, and these are the vessels for socialism. And of course, socialism is the vehicle for communism. Mm -hmm. And so they're making these young messengers are making socialism very appealing to so many people. And if the government's shut down and if the, the businesses are shut down and therefore they can't work, they can't work and they're getting paid more on unemployment than they are doing what they have to do. I worked two jobs through high school, college and grad school. Mm -hmm. And, um, if they're making more on unemployment than they are, you know, doing what you got to do. I worked at H E B checking groceries. I mean, there's all different kinds of things that I did. Um, you know, if you're making more on unemployment doing something like that, yeah. then of course you want to get your check from the government. And that's very appealing for a lot of yeah. people. And there's a lot of people that don't want to go back to work.
0: Yeah. It's a scary thing, dude. Scary. I, I got some questions I'm sure, yeah, I might ask you, but but let's take a quick break. Hey, listen, I know there's some folks out there who are discovering this nightmare, which is known as home title theft. People don't even know that they're a victim of home title fraud, which is a devastating crime. It can cost you your home, and it's not covered by your insurance, not by common identity theft services. The only folks you can trust out there to protect your home's title, yes, your home's title, is Home Title Lock, because you have cyber thieves that are online. They discover the titles to our homes, which are kept online. They forge your name on the deed stating you sold your home to them, and then they refile as the new owner. And in certain people's cases, they don't know they're a victim until the eviction notice shows up. Home Title Lock is going to put a virtual barrier around your home's title. The important thing is the instant they detect tampering, they're going to mobilize to shut everything down. So first things first, I want you to go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim and you may not know it. Then use code Chad for 30 free days of protection. Sign up today. That's code Chad at HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be right back.
1: Sarah? Yes, sir.
0: You're bringing a new child into the world. You have a young child in the world. When you look at the climate and the landscape, because you deal with the news every day and some of it's humorous, some of it is well, I say humorous, it's laughable. Right. Some of it is just downright scary, as Christian was saying. What's your take as a, as a, as a mom of a, of a what soon to be two young boys? Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about that?
1: Um, you know, it's interesting because I listen to Christian talk, and it gives me hope for the younger generation. Because <laughs> otherwise, aside from that, it's terrifying. It's terrifying to live in this world in 2020. You know, uh, when we decided to embark on a journey of having another child, this was like pre coronavirus, pre everything crazy going down. Mm -hmm. And now we look back in hindsight and we're like, Ah, would we have made the same decision? I mean, obviously this child will be loved and obviously he was wanted. um, But you look in hindsight and you're like, this probably wasn't a great time to bring new life into the world. There are so many uncertainties. Uh, You know, there are people burning down buildings. There are people rioting, uh, you know, our rights are under attack left and right. And it's like, yeah, it probably wasn't the best time in hindsight. Uh, knowing what we know now, right. and seeing how uh, the, even the younger generation is coming out like sheep, really. Mm. I mean, they're they're like sheep, listening to what's being fed to them and following through on it without giving any regard for any other actual information. And right. so, it's it's very terrifying. It's it's extremely terrifying. It's something that scares me all the time, every day that I've actually had a hard time. I've been struggling with is just. What, what am I going to do with two boys if yeah. things don't change? Yeah. What am I going to do?
0: Well, that's one of the reasons why. Like when I'm around your son, I'm we you know we we'll fist bump it, we will yeah. hug, and we yeah. talk. And, and I he love loves to him get, some chad. I like to poke fun with him a little bit yeah. and let him poke fun back, and we have a good time, right? Yes. Because I I I like for boys to be boys. Yes. You know I like for boys to be, you play in the mud. You know turn a stick into a gun. Hand them a Barbie doll. They're going to bend it at the waist, turn it into a gun. You know, that's, that's just what boys do, right? That's not all boys, but you know what I'm saying. I'm speaking in, in stereotypes here, and it's a broad generalization. And one of the things that I appreciate about our founding fathers, as you alluded to, why were Benjamin Franklin, why were George Washington, why was Alexander Hamilton, why were, you know, James Madison, why were all these men, why were they so smart and so many of them at such a young age so accomplished? And the fact of the matter is, they hung around with a lot of adults. Mm. They spent time being mentored by a lot of adults. You talked about traveling around the country with Rafael Cruz. Rafael Cruz impacts me every time I'm around him. I I know the man. I don't know the man. I've been with him. We've done a few events together. I've heard Rafael, uh, I've heard Pastor Cruz pray over a meal and bring tears to my eyes just praying over a meal. And I'm like, this guy who's been through persecution in cuba uh has seen communism and socialism up close felt the direct pain from it uh and here's a guy who who's who's broken and and then you see a leader like ted cruz and you know what quote stock he comes out of and and ted cruz was smartest guys in america whether people realize it or not one of the smartest people in america and i see that trend of, of of here's a Who had a father like that, you know, who who mentored him and spent time with him and and, and just how that. And so that's why I have hope for the next generation to the degree that we can spend time with our young men, our young women and treat them like they're real people, like they're not shouldn't be talked down to condescended to you got something you're going to say
1: well i was just going to say i i completely agree with you but i think we also have to make sure because i think a large part of it too is that um, we're not teaching them history anymore and they have no perspective mm-hmm. and no context uh as to what's going on right now so you know someone doesn't get something for free and they think that it equals oppression because they have no idea what oppression really is where we came from Uh, you know, the history of the founding of this country or even the history of what's happened in other countries. And so I think that teaching kids history and teaching them where they came from is a really, really big, huge part of making sure that they understand how fortunate they are to live in this country and don't take it for granted and don't listen to someone telling them you should go riot in the streets because, you know, uh, someone told you that you're oppressed I mean, I just I think that it's it's something that's really we're we're losing sight of very rapidly. And, you know, it's my hope that uh, people like Christian here can can make sure that the young people don't lose sight of that entirely because it's so important.
0: And it's why I'm thankful every day for for guys like Christian, because let me tell you, to do do events like you do with the Texas Youth Summit. You bring in a Dan Crenshaw. You bring in, uh, you know, these various uh, Charlie Kirk. You bring in Ali Stuckey uh one of the smartest young women that's out there. You bring in Candace Owen, of course, one of the smartest young women that's out there. And and you um and you you do stuff like and then you tag CJ and me on there and I'm like, what are y'all doing? What are (laughs) y'all thinking? This, we're fun, but yeah. But you, you do that. And well, you're it's, one of
2: the main speakers. By the
0: way. <laughs> no, I know. no
1: pressure, Chad. I'm
0: so reading the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> so give it your best shot. If you got yeah. one message to change those kids' lives, give there it your you best go. shot. I always said whenever folks, every time I've ever had an opportunity to speak, particularly to the next generation, and there's been a lot of opportunities over the years, I have a phrase. I say, tomorrow I die. Mm. So in other words, I have one chance because because tomorrow i I may die physically, but I, I these kids may never see me ever again, and there's a good chance they won't. so tomorrow I die, I have one chance before I die to make an impact on that and and I think that that's the mindset that says you know that's how important the message has to be. yeah, you don't frivolously waste that opportunity to go in there and be able to do that, so I want to say publicly thank you for having me at the event i'm looking forward to it uh it's next month september
2: 18th and 19th and uh where, where are you going to hold it at where's it going to be we were concerned with all of the shutdowns that maybe there would be some shutdown if we picked a hotel so we have a a pastor uh, by the name of Pastor Steve Riggle, who's mm-hmm. graciously allowed us to use his church, Grace Woodlands, mm-hmm. and so we're having it there. Um, and by no means is he going to shut down. and we have conservative leadership, so yeah. we picked there. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. As that's long as smart. there's air conditioning. Yeah,
1: that's really yeah. smart. Yeah,
0: as long as there's air conditioning. Yeah, i <laughs> gotten getting weak in my old age. Getting <laughs> weak. You are you um you know you look at these things. I, I, I'm gonna, I was gonna put you on the spot see i'm always saying i'm always saying to christian or when we've talked about like okay so when are you running for office right because because i know what you, you've talked you've talked about did you should you have pastored should you have gone into vocational ministry in that regard and and you know
2: do you have those political aspirations that are out
0: there for running for
2: office I definitely do. And I've I've made it no secret that I've always had it in my heart to one day run for office, but uh, it has to be the right timing because timing is everything. There's so many variables that go into making a winning campaign. And I think um, name ID is definitely important. Um, You you need to have um, financing money, of course, Mm -hmm. and you have to have a certain measure of charisma. You have to be able to capture the right message. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to be able to to understand the circumstances and situations around you and ascertain and discern and understand how to best capitalize on the situations to move forward. And we look at uh, the 2016 race and Donald Trump really captured a lot of the anger that people felt right. that had bolted up for seven or eight years mm. um, under Barack Obama. And conservatives were fed up and we couldn't take it anymore. And so we, we wanted to get back to what our country really was supposed to be and he captured a message this idea of make america great again Mm. because we were on managed decline for a long time and republicans and democrats alike had just They were the establishment. They were letting our country sink into abyss. And Donald Trump really sought to economically, militarily, in every way, make us the world superpower again, to be strong, to be great again. And he captured a message. And Mm -hmm. so in every campaign, you have to have a message that really resonates with the people. And I think um, getting to serve under a lot of great men, I've understood that full well. And it takes relationships. Yeah. That's the, the other thing is you got to have the right relationships and you got to be able to make relationships with a lot of interesting, diverse um, people to make broad coalitions mm. and understand those coalitions full and well yeah. uh, to be successful. Yeah. Well, Texas Youth dot com mm-hmm. is where people can find
0: more information can I get your book on that website as well? Secondwindbook.com. Secondwindbook.com. Thank you so much for that plug. Yeah. 100%, man. It's a great stuff. I I, encourage, I highly encourage people to grab it. Use it. It's a tool. And the beauty of books like that is you use it year after year after year. It's it's a great book. So, um, yeah, it's um, – I'm excited about what you're doing and, and excited about what you've already done. I went and sat down with Christian because – I wanted your input. I wanted your wisdom. I want, I, you know, I said, "Hey, look, I'm giving some consideration to running for governor of the state." Uh, I know that some of the things you've done advise me, and that was one of the things. Man, you gave me some solid stuff, and you still do.
2: Yeah, still do. I and and, and I'm, I'm interested to know, you know, what would you do differently if, if you were governor? Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, you know, everybody has a. It's like Muhammad Ali said, "Everybody has a plan until they get hit," right? And uh, one of the things is, and we've discussed this, is I don't want to be that guy who's putting his finger up in the wind and saying, okay, which way is it blowing? Right. Uh, and and listening to the cronies that are in there that are in your ear telling you what you want to hear. Right. And we can talk a little bit more about that. Let's take a quick break. We'll come right back. Yeah. No, I think that when it comes to this coronavirus thing, and let me say this, I've always been a big fan of Greg Abbott. Mm -hmm. I've always been a big fan of Greg Abbott. I appreciated Greg Abbott, voted for Greg Abbott a couple of times, in fact. Um, Supported Greg Abbott. I can remember when Greg Abbott uh, a season or so ago threw out the first pitch at the Rangers game, and I was like, you know what, that's my governor. I like that guy a lot. I like that guy a lot. Um, I don't, and for me, I just felt like, Through all of this coronavirus stuff, a lot of stuff that was going on, I said, I I don't feel like we're giving people enough liberty to make their own decisions Mm -hmm. and and make their own and be responsible. You know, I think what I wish that any leader would come out and do is say, you know what? You're an adult. I expect you to be responsible. Mm -hmm. What we're facing is real. What we're facing is infectious and contagious. It's dangerous to a lot of people. The numbers are what they are. I want to encourage you to take responsibility to do what needs to be done to take care of you, take care of your family, take care of the folks around you. I think as a community as Texans, I think people would have stood up and they would have taken it a lot better rather than saying, "Okay, we're going to shut your businesses down. We're going to shut your um, you know, we're going to shut the bars, we're going to shut the restaurants, the live music venues. We're going to kill an economy. We're going to hurt this and hurt that and people are going to lose a lot of things and we're going to drive numbers up like depression. We're going to drive suicides up and domestic abuse and things like that. Those are the kind of things that I feel like the end result are whenever you, when you look at people and you almost treat them like they're children that can't make their own decisions. Now, that being said, I also recognize we're people and we do dumb things. Mm-hmm. We do dumb things. But I, I get real antsy when I start hearing words like mandate yeah. and requirements and I got to do this and I got to do that. And it's it's just so weird to me, man. When I'm walking down the street, downtown Fort Worth, Cowtown, and I see these signs that are pasted on the sidewalk that say, you know, it, social distance. And together we can, you know, and these people are walking around with their, you know, it's these cartoon people with masks on and stuff. And do not enter here without
2: a mask. <laughs> like, wow. It's the Twilight Zone.
0: It's insane, dude. And, and I've never, we've had doctors on here. We've had virologists on here. We've had we've had folks on here and we bought in the same conclusion, real infectious mortality rates, not what they predicted it was going to be. Um, and I think if we could have looked at it and said, you know, this is this is the state we live in. We dictate. I, I say it all the time. I'm like, you know, people keep saying, well, you all need to be more like South Dakota. Well, one, our population's a lot greater than South Dakota. That's mm-hmm. one. Two, we're Texas. We should be the standard bearer. We should be the one because they don't, you don't have South Dakota toast. You don't have South Dakota flag bathing suits, right? Right. We don't have South Dakota waffle irons. We have Texas waffle irons by God. Uh, Texas is the center of the universe. As far as any people come to America, they want to go to Texas. Right. Right. So, you know, I think that we could have communicated that a little bit better. I still want to believe in Greg Abbott uh weird things have been communicated that just don't make sense to me Uh, um there's a lot of speculation there's a lot of rumors that are going around out there you and i've talked about that i don't believe them yeah i don't believe them i still choose to believe the good in in people i don't i don't think that greg abbott woke up one morning and said you know i think i'm gonna be a communist today
2: that's nonsense yeah that's just is there anything that he could do to redeem himself with you
0: uh, I think that there are plenty of things that he could do. I think communication is key. I think coming out and, be, and being the relational governor that I feel like he has been in the past. Um, uh, I, I don't need to. I don't need to hear it said through Elon Musk. I don't need to hear it said through some of these Californians that are bringing their businesses in here. I, that's fine. I, uh, there's just some better ways of communicating that I think I could. That I think he could. I, I don't think he can right now. Because I think the die has been cast and he's not going to turn around on what he said at this point.
2: What do you think is going to happen after November 3rd, after the election with this whole pandemic? I mean, what is your prediction? Well, if Joe Biden gets elected, I think
0: this thing mysteriously disappears.
1: It's cured.
0: I think it I think it mysteriously goes away in a big, big way. Would you ever take a vaccine that? uh, No, they're going to have to run that through a whole lot of bodies before I see it. But I don't think I would. Yeah. Um, I just don't think it would, because first of all, uh, you know, I've taken like a flu vaccine before in the past. I'm married to a nurse practitioner. Of course, I get the pressure to do all of those things. Right. Um, But. Even that, I'm not sitting around going, "Yeah, you know what? Let's go find some chemicals to pump in."
2: Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, Bill Gates is fronting this, and <laughs> I mean, he couldn't cure the viruses on our on our his
0: computers. computers so. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, and I encourage people if you missed if you missed the episode we did with Alex Jones, go yeah. back and watch that. There's some pretty interesting takes on that yeah. about how not only this thing uh, or these these viruses were created years ago and the different strains of them and what they were capable of doing and why, but also the vaccines that were created years ago. That's uh, just a matter of saying, okay, well, we got to match this up with this and, and go from there. So it's pretty interesting. And then you hear people like Bill Gates and a lot of these billionaires who have had summits talking
2: about population control. Mm. That is a little bit. It's a little bit scary to see yeah. him leading this charge. Yeah. All over the news for it. Yeah, it is. And I, again,
0: I'm one of those guys, Sarah, I want to believe the best in people. I do but man oh man oh man the further you go down in the rabbit hole you're like mm.
1: it is and then you get called a conspiracy theorist but you're like i'm just looking at <laughs> all of the, the facts and putting them into context and putting them together i don't know what else to do what else <laughs> well, what right for me to do and christian
0: here's something i said to somebody last night um, I said, if I was a billionaire, you were a billionaire, you'd probably own your own island, right? You'd have your own private island. I mean, that's what you do.
1: I would I would like to Just not an Epstein Island, right? Yeah, <laughs> just to say, hey, yeah. I'm my yeah. island.
0: If you were a billionaire, and yeah. most of these guys do. Yeah. So if you were with a group of billionaires, what if you just said, how about let's just own the earth and call it our island, all right? And let's maybe bring the population down to manageable, 3 billion you know three four billion let's do that and it's our island so to speak so if you have that mindset of i'm going to own my piece of the planet well hell why don't you just own the planet and so that's what scares me because i know that mindset already exists and if you can get enough of them together then why not? Why don't they just own it all?
1: It's also uh, people, also people who think that we are doing all this damage by having children and contributing to climate change, and we're, you know, yeah. we're going to all kill ourselves because there's too much of us. uh So it would stand to reason that they would want to reduce it for those reasons as well, right? right. Reduce the population. And, and I've, we're saving I've people.
0: i argued against. Um, Overpopulation since the early '90s, when I was at the University of Georgia, I used to write some op-ed pieces on that. Because again, the issue is not a population; it's a religion problem. You go to India, the reason there's overpopulation and people are starving is because they worship the rats that eat the grain that are on the trains, and they don't have the food. So you you understand because the rat might be Aunt Shirley. And so you you can't, it's a population problem because it's a religion problem. There's a starvation problem because of a religion problem. There's plenty of space on this planet for the seven and a half billion people that are here. Uh, and many many more so that being said that's a whole other issue we can get into how about you you lining up for the vaccine I'm not <laughs> <laughs> I kind of figured you weren't <laughs> no
2: unfortunately not yeah. so I'm a little uh, concerned uh, with, with what's going on but um, you know I hope that there is a, a good vaccine produced by good people yeah. um, you know I just am a little skeptical of certain people and I will not accept vaccines yeah from certain people is that Uh, the best way
1: to answer that i can yeah
2: i don't think it should be i mean bill gates or perhaps
1: vaccines that have been created and gone through everything in like six months yeah you know we want to see
2: you know the results of this first and and yeah um you know naturally there's some herd immunity going on anyway there Uh, is yeah there is we're not
0: seeing the same thing here in texas for instance that people were seeing in italy and even in china at some point in time hey y'all hang tight we'll be right back Man, oh man, oh man. Christian, thanks for coming on here, man. TexasYouthSummit.com. What's the best way for people to get involved with what you've got going on?
2: Sure. Um, we have a donor reception, and if people want to be a part, meet the speakers and hear from them and mingle with them. So people that are older can be a part of that. But this mm-hmm. event is free, offered free. Uh, the summit itself, the education part, um, the rally, so forth. It's it's free to youth. Anybody that's high school or college age. So it'll be an incredible event. Mm-hmm. And again, Chad, we're so excited to have you a part. And Looking thank you. To it. Thank you for lending your voice.
0: Thank you. I can't wait, dude. I got. I got. I think I know where I'm going with it. And when I, when I get to that point, I know I can just kind of hone where my mind is. I get excited. Yeah. I get excited. So, Can
1: I just say really quickly, I appreciate you allowing someone so old to be a part of your youth <laughs> summit.
2: That's really That's kind of you up. guys. He's a part of Turning Point and he's a part yeah. of so many different organizations. He, he's impacting yeah. and mentoring. I and am f- virtually cool. <laughs> <laughs> virtually. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It feels weird to get old. It does. I uh, just go to sleep on the toilet at night and just go bed old. five or six times. I know, I, you know, I feel pretty good. I feel all you right. You might just things, be
1: pregnant. Things are
0: falling apart. <laughs> <up. Yeah>. Well, <laughs> no. Uh, I encourage people, come join us. Come join us for that thing. Uh, anytime you get an opportunity to to kind of sit under the tutelage of a, of a Dan Crenshaw or a Charlie Kirk or or Candace or Allie, I mean all those folks, it's it's a blessing. You're going to enjoy it. It's free, so get your young people involved. Get them there. Travel in. Get a group together. If it's the church, if it's your, if it's a organization, if it's young Republicans there at the the colleges or whatever, come on, load them up, bring them on, get them on the bus, and bring them down there we're going to have fun we're going to hang with you and it's going to be a lot of fun so i'm looking forward to it thanks for having me on dude. Oh,
2: thanks for coming man. and and one thing i love about your show is you can make anybody interesting just because you got away with people it's man I, it's like a gift it's stupid
0: <laughs> no we have the best people on we do man yeah. christian and i'm going to keep ringing your ear dude because i love the fact that i'll say things and you'll be like you know what I think you could say this better than that. And I'm like, you're right, 100%. (laughs) So thank you for that. You have, I've told you this, you have carte blanche free input with me. So thank you for doing that. For the Chad Braithers Show, we love you guys. TexasYouthSummit.com, we love you. God bless. Talk to you next time. Bye. Man, thank you so much for
2: having me on. That was fun. Thanks. That was so fun.